welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 663, chapter 101, close enough to touch. After our shadow-gathering expedition, I asked more pointed questions about Valerian's magic. Most of her answers continued to be hopelessly matter-of-fact. How do you take hold of a shadow? She motioned with one hand as if reaching for a piece of fruit. That was how, apparently. Other answers were nearly incomprehensible, filled with fey words I didn't understand. When she tried to describe those terms, our conversations became hopeless rhetorical tangles. At times, I felt like I'd found myself a quieter, more attractive version of Elodin. Still, I learned a few scraps. What she was doing with the shadow was called grammary. When I asked, she said it was the art of making things be. This was distinct from glamoury, which was the art of making things seem. I also learned that there aren't directions of the usual sort in Fey. Your trifoil compass is as useless as a tin codpiece there. North does not exist, and when the sky is endless twilight, you cannot watch the sun rise in the east. But if you look closely at the sky, one piece of the horizon will be a shade brighter, and the opposite direction a shade darker. If you walk towards the brighter horizon, eventually it will become daytime. The other way leads to darker night. If you keep walking in one direction long enough, you will eventually see a whole day pass and end up in the same place you began. That's the theory, at any rate. Valerian described these two points of the Fey Compass as day and night. The other two points he referred to at different times as dark and light, summer and winter, or forward and backward. Once she even referred to them as grimward and grinning, but something about the way she said it made me suspect it was a joke. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. And Nick is currently lost in Fay, perhaps in the grinning side. I I don't I don't understand why that's a joke. <laughs> well, that is the thing, right? Like it could be a joke, but also it doesn't sound any much that more elaborate than the other things they've said. So I guess if you're not from Fay, everything sounds equally weird. Yeah, so like, but it could be a case of like Chloe thinking that she's joking when she's not. Because mm. the, uh, it's, it is worth saying that like the points on the fake compass that she is talking about are, are, uh, opposites, right? Dark and light, summer and winter, forward and backward, those are opposites. Mm-hmm. So grimward and grinning are also opposites, right? One is serious, one is like lighthearted. Yeah. Well, okay, so. Like, things like forward and backward and daytime and nighttime could theoretically be the same two directions, but, like, summer and winter would be very obvious in in their directional quality. So I feel like they would have to be, like, the the directions on the other part of the compass. Like, so, for example, if, like, day and night are north and south, then summer and winter could not also be north and south. They'd have to be east-west. Yes. Well, that's clear in the text, too, because he says oh, okay. the other two points she referred to oh, at time okay. as dark and light. I wasn't paying attention. But I think that what that could imply, when you move on the, let's call it the north-south axis of, of day and night, you are moving in space and also moving in, and, and, and time appears to also be moving. Right? Like time, time, is a, time is a space you are moving through. What if moving on the other axis of summer and winter or forward and backward literally moves you in time? What if that's... Yeah, that would explain a lot of the, like, why you're a different 
age theoretically when you come back sometimes. Yeah, or or and or why you're not a different age, but but time has moved on. But everyone else is, yeah. I think that might be, and again, it's not explained clearly, nor should it be. So we are only left to speculate. But that does kind of present an interesting possibility there. Yes, I agree. Very curious. This chapter does continue what we talked about in the last chapter about how like Rothfuss does a great job of making the fey magic really seem kind of otherworldly and kind of refuses to to explain how it really works, which of course is is good and he, he shouldn't. The image of Fullerian taking hold of a shadow, like she's like plucking a piece of fruit, does put me a little bit in mind of like the dance move of the shopping cart where you're just like... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> shopping cart shade. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's obvious that asking these kinds of questions of her is like asking someone like you or I, like, you know, how do you breathe? Yeah, just like this. (laughs) What, you can't do that? Can't everybody do that? Well, I mean, she already thinks he's weird because he's him and also like a person who doesn't seem to understand the same things she does, probably. I guess, like, I feel like she would know, like, she would be smart enough to know that he probably might not understand the things she's trying to explain to him. But I don't think she cares. <laughs> like, I, I, I agree with you that I don't think she that cares to make him understand. She's not a teacher. But I also think that she understands so little of what human beings are like or how they understand the world that she doesn't understand that they can't do stuff like this. Or that she doesn't understand at least that they don't know how it works. I feel like after spending some time together, she'd like put two and two together, though. Yeah, well, I think she's learning from Quoth, maybe, but I, I don't think she's ever had a co- like. She's never talked to a human being for as long as she has talked to Quoth before. We assume. Yes, I think it is safe to assume that. Okay. Because we know that like her other dalliances, like she said, like wow, I've never met someone like you before, and we kind of get the implication that all her other interactions with mortals are fleeting. She kind of, you know, loves them and leaves them, as it were, and then they go mad. So I think that she has about as much understanding of how the human world works and how mortals function as Quoth does about the Fae, which is to say very little. I guess, like, we just feel like the things that Quoth says feel more reasonable to us because it's it's what we know. Yeah, you know, because we're mortal, we're not Fae. Yes. We have, we have to try and understand things from Quoth's point of view because... He is our point of view character, and because we share in common with him that we are also mortal. Yes. I do think it's interesting that he compares Valerian to Elodin because he figured out, like, a few chapters ago, oh, I have totally been missing the point of what Elodin was trying to get at in his roundabout teaching methods. I, ha- I have not been giving him credit as a serious teacher who's trying to get me to understand something. So if he's comparing Fullerian to Elodin, perhaps he should be thinking, oh, well, there was really something to what to Elodin's roundabout te- teaching methods. Maybe I should open my mind and try to hear what Fullerian is trying to tell me about how to grab a shadow or whatever. But he doesn't. Reasonable. Also funny because like, like Fullerian doesn't really care to teach him and theoretically, Elodin's job is a teacher, so that's an interesting thing to compare. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I might, this might not actually be the case. Like, I'm just pointing out that both kind of dismissed Elodin as being a crank who wasn't actually interested in teaching him. 
and then later realized, oh, he really is interested in teaching me, and he has been doing it in a way that if I had been paying attention, I would have figured out. So I think it's telling about Quoth's persistent character that he does not apply that same logic to Valerian. He doesn't think to yeah. himself, she is trying to teach me in her own way. Let me see if I can figure out what she's trying to teach me. He he kind of again goes, oh, she's just talking nonsense and it's maddening. So I think the other kind of interesting thing about what she's teaching him is like we do get a little bit of like the beginnings of the rules of how fey magic works which is the difference between grammary and glamoury those words like really smack of like old school like fairy tales in the english-speaking canon grammary is just an old word for like a spell or like casting a spell uh and is that why the gram is called a gram maybe Maybe it is. Maybe that's the origin in some obscure way of, of why it's called that. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. So grammary is not a Rothfuss word. That's a, that's a word word. Yes. It's like an archaic word, but it is, it is a word that has been used to discuss magic before. Uh, like, I think it comes from the same root as like a grimoire. In real world fairy stories, a glamour just means like an illusion, right? And that's... Yeah. That's what it means here as well. The art of making things seem rather than the art of making things be. Theoretically, I feel like glamoury would be like level one and yeah, glamoury would be level one and then grammary would be level two because theoretically, if you're making something be, you're also making something see. That's not how I would define it. I think there's like two different schools of magic. Like I, if we're going to go with a D&D analogy, then grammary is like evocation or uh, or conjuration and glamoury is illusion, right? One kind of magic deals with like creating something from nothing or like changing reality in a fundamental way. And the other one is just like making a, a an illusion of a thing that is not substantial or permanent. Okay, well, if we apply both of those to Quoth's cloak, isn't it kind of both? Although I guess what Felurian is... Felurian's act of creating would be grammary, but the cloak is kind of both. No. See, like, I think what she does with the shadow to make the shade, she creates something, right? She creates something from nothing. That is grammary. She says it. Yes. Yeah. I think the the shade has a magical property that creates an illusion, making both seem like he's not there, which is... Which is kind of like glamour. Right. But it's not also making him... Be, it's making him seem. They're two. Separate. Oh, okay. So she's doing grammary to create glamory. She's doing grammary to create a thing that creates a glamour. Fine. That is, that is how I would understand. Reasonable. I still think I'm right. Well, many people do, Jordana. Yes, I know. I know two people who think that all the time. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to? talk about on this one i am out of notes all righty well then listeners you can write us a note at page at gmail.com uh or you can uh chat about it in our discord how does one how does one get to our discord how does one i have no idea <laughs> i think if you just look for like page of the wind on discord like if you just search for that discord you'll probably find it yeah we didn't make the discord so we don't actually know that much about it but you know what um 
try your best. Yeah, we don't run it. We don't moderate it. Uh, it's just for some like-minded fans who uh, want to chat. I know Nick is a lurker there occasionally. And I show up there sometimes on Saturdays. <laughs> Seems like it might be a good time. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Page of the Wind on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Where's our merch store, Jordana? Our merch store is at jordanaheeney.threadless.com, and you can check out the Page of the Wind collection. Cool. And once you've done all that, uh, you can listen to us tomorrow on another page of the Wind.